Hey, hey, hey. What's up, fam? It's Tuesdays with Tawana. Yeah, it's Tuesday, 2 o'clock. So happy to be here and engage with community on today. Grateful that I can even talk after having a tooth extraction. Grateful to be here and energetic uh, after treatment on yesterday. So I am just grateful, extremely, extremely grateful. Um, So as you come in the room on today, uh, we will just talk about what's going on in our worlds and and build community one Facebook Live at a time. Um, This is about community, so as you comment, um, I will insert that comment into this beautiful narrative, or you can just hang out with us for the next 20 to 30 minutes. Or if you're listening to this on a podcast later on and you hear these little bells and whistles, or hear me talk about names, it's because we turn this live broadcast into into a, a podcast, this broadcast into a podcast. So, so grateful to be here, so grateful to be a part of community, so grateful to have another Tuesday to engage and to just spend some time with you. So let's dialogue. This is not about me talking for the next 20 to 30 minutes. It is about a dialogue. I invite you to to comment and, and to share your thoughts and your feelings, to share what's going on in your world as we are faced with so many challenges day to day. Um, Hey, Mother Carolyn. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. She says, I love your hair. I am so grateful. Yes, these locks are definitely blessing me. I did. um, I'm enjoying them. I'm feeling this healing process from the top of my head to the crown of the crown of my head to the bottom of my feet. I'm just feeling this healing. Hey, Cordio, my little buttercup. Happy Tuesday. As always, so grateful to to see everyone. So um, we're going to get started. I'm going to share this on the Tuesdays with Tawana page, but we're going to get started and have a bit of a conversation around no one healing alone. Oh, what does my shirt say? Look at God. I was just going to segue into that. So it has all the different color breast cancer, excuse me, cancer ribbons, cancer awareness ribbons. So the bottom of my shirt says no one fights alone. No one fights alone. And as much as I love this shirt, hey, mama lovey, I miss you and love you so much. Both my mamas are in the building today. I'm so grateful. Um, So my shirt says that no one fights alone. So it has all of these different cancer awareness ribbons, whether it's pink for breast cancer, um, purple for, um, I believe like colon cancer. Um, There's green for ovarian cancer. I may have so many colors, but the awareness is, is what it's all about, right? 
but the the term no one fights alone i i've always struggled with that not only being a domestic violence survivor but it puts one on the defensive and i don't want to fight from the defensive i want to be on the offense i want to be on the offense of of love and seeing myself healed and hold in the future i don't want to see myself fighting my way through i want to see myself loving my way through so not to knock the the statement because some people this is a battle this is a battle for their lives or our lives every single day and i just choose the language i choose to use is very affirming and very encouraging and i don't want to go to battle with anyone or anything because the innate strength that is in me and my faith and and my trust and my love in god and being a healer and the god in me says that i don't have to fight this battle right this battle is not mine to fight so it is a battle but i don't want to have to fight it i want to heal through it and press my way through it and it helps me to focus on the healing and not the fight. It helps me to focus on the healing and open my mind up to the different healing modalities that I have access to because I go out to seek and, and create those spaces for me to experience it. Because as black women healing, whether it's involved in domestic violence or uh, some form of cancer or um, disparaging wage treatment and lack of access to jobs, lack of access to health care, lack of access of trusting health care. Um, all of that is a lot to take on. So I want to see myself healing through all of that and healing. So I attract other healing partners with me that can journey with me and give me the language to advocate for myself, to give me the language to speak life and to, to affirm who I am as a breast cancer survivor, to affirm who I am, who is in the throes of healing every single day. Like a tooth extraction for me is not the same as a tooth extraction for someone else. Because I am in active treatment, because I am on blood thinners, it took a little longer for my the space in my tooth to heal. And it's still healing, but at least I'm having a conversation and it's it's just to get a little graphic, it's no longer bleeding because it's hard to stop the bleeding when you're on blood thinners, even though I had to stop the blood thinners five days prior, which is another anxiety causing agent that may cause us to battle because taking me off of blood thinners get, puts me at risk of my blood clot moving or moving into my lungs. And I got to think about that as I'm off blood, blood thinners so that when I have the oral surgery that there's no complications there, but then there is still a risk that I take. So it's all of this stuff going on. And quite frankly, I'm not in the mood to fight. I'm, I'm in the mood to be resilient. I'm in the mood to resist the status quo. Hey, Tony, I'm so glad you made it. So glad you made it because it's so appropriate that, that you are on after what you and Reggie just experienced with his heart transplant. It's one thing to be present and to have to deal with the powers that be and to push back and to, to act, um, advocate for yourself. And I want to do it in a healing way. I don't want to do it in a fighting way. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to do it where I'm, I'm stressed. I already deal with enough anxiety as it is. I'm already prone 
to depression. So I don't want to add something onto that. So when I say that no one heals alone, it is, it is, it is, it's changing the language of, of no one fights alone to no one heals alone or no one should heal alone. Because as you have journeyed with me for so long, you know, that this, this language, this, you know, blanket statement, I really do my very best not to use like all cancer survivors should do this or all breast cancer um, survivors and thrivers should do that. No, these are opportunities and pathways uh, to healing that we can use. And the one thing is that no one should heal alone, whether your community is your intimate family and your doctors or your community is that and beyond, um, whether it's your church community where you live or your uh, breast cancer support group or whatever that is. Yes, Angela, come through community. Um, there's healing in community, Tony. That's right. Um, so no one should heal alone. And, and if you're finding that someone is going through some challenges and, and doing this on their own, um, either if you have the, the, the wherewithal or the agency or the capacity to, to help that person and to be with that person and to, to walk journey and walk with that person through their healing process and share what you have learned on your own healing journey or what you have learned in healing and community in this setting. That's a beautiful sacred thing that, um, that you can do for a, a survivor so that they don't have to do it alone. It's the same with domestic violence as I am building relationship with the victim and finding that right time to share that resource that is not life threatening to yourself or to the person who's a victim, really discerning that healing moment of when is that opportunity where I can be there for my beloved. Um, I can be there for um, my beloved in a way that doesn't put my beloved at risk, nor does it put me at risk. Um, Reverend Christina says that it's hard to heal alone in progress without a true, honest and accountable support system. Absolutely. And you know what? I don't take that support system for granted because it doesn't just happen. Mama Lovey said, oh, you are the most resilient person on this planet. And it's only because of community, only because of those people who continue to pray for me, only because I have these releasing conversations and these venting conversations with people that I love and I trust. And, and, and they help to bring me and, and, and open up my heart and my mind and my soul to a space of healing and focusing on what is healing me versus what is hurting me. I know chemo is not the best thing in the world, but you know what? Someone was on a clinical trial 10 years ago for me to be here today because HER2 positive uh, cancer was one of the most popular and most aggressive cancers. About 10 to 20% of breast cancer diagnosis was HER2 positive 
um, breast cancer and it's a protein where protein is enlarging the cells and it causes the cancer to grow. But now they have these targeted therapies that target the cancer cells so that the chemo can then work on the cancer cells and the cancer cells only, hence no evidence of disease. It doesn't mean that the cancer cells aren't sit sitting there waiting to jump in the devil dutch rope, right? They are there, but that targeted therapy helps to target the healing process helps to focus on the healing process. And somebody 10 to 15 years ago had to be on a clinical trial for me to live and not die at the hands of my diagnosis. So building community is really about having these conversations and this awareness and building a trust amongst ourselves so that we can advocate for ourselves and fight for the things that we want and fight for the things that that we need and not have to wait for someone to give it to us. Um, the Alexanders began healing through community by following by following your lead. Bless you, Tanisha. Um, this this is what why I do what I do, um, because this is a way and it's a way that we are not accustomed to because we have been fighting for so long. For the past 400 years, not 400 years ago, but for the past 400 years, we have been fighting this battle so that we can be seen and we can be heard because we don't have access and, and we don't um, there's disparaging treatment and pay and and job access and health care. And the list goes on and on and on. Right. But yet and still we are still here and we're still surviving. And we do this in community because if it's done for me, beloved, it's going to be done for you because it is a mindset. It's a heart set. It's a soul set that we set our minds and our hearts on the healing process so that no one has to heal alone. We bring in community, not to tell our business. You know, we had this thing where what goes on here stays here, but there are certain things that need to be shared out loud that need to be, sh to be shared in community because someone doesn't know. You know, not everybody knows that domestic violence, that there's a, a, a stage, there's stages to um, domestic violence. Not everyone knows how to respond to a domestic violence victim or a perpetrator. Not everybody has that language. So if we don't talk about it and it stays in the darkness of shade, how can we share and spread our light to others so that they can live and not die at the hands of these systemic ills? So although my shirt says no one fights alone, I dare us to to shift that language to say no one heals alone and to speak into the affirmative and to the life giving so that we can live. We do enough fighting. We have enough fighting for our humanity out in these streets, loving this world when it doesn't love us back. Tony says that when we heal in public of whatever issue we liberate others to do the same. Absolutely. We don't dim our lights so that somebody else's light can shine. Our lights are going to shine together so brightly. Each of us are stardust. Each of us are stars in like in the universe. And sometimes one has to shine brighter than the other to lead the way in order to remind that star that you are bright. You are here for a reason. You are here a part of this cosmic universe and that we need you to survive 
survive in order for me to survive. Because if you're hurting, then I'm hurting. If you're not healing, I'm not healing. If you are oppressed, then I am not liberated. And the list goes on and on. Christina says that's a dangerous mindset that keeps so many of our people in pain and suffering instead of getting the help and healing that they need. Absolutely. Because healing is very vulnerable. It requires us to be very transparent and we have not been taught to be that way. And, and most of the time, rightfully so, because we don't know what people are going to do with our heart. We don't know what people are going to do with that information. We don't know if we can trust these people in or other people in order for us to move forward in a healing mode, or are they going to use this information against us? For instance, like we talked about critical race theory last week, I'm going to post something in the text later where our very own uh, Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw, who coined the term, is actually talking about what critical race theory is. And when she was interviewed by our wonderful Joy Reid, uh, Kimberly Crenshaw said, if there's a curriculum out there, I don't know about it. And I coined the term. So what white people are doing is saying basically they don't want black history taught in schools because critical race theory really started in higher ed and in academia. It wasn't really um, introduced. It wasn't introduced according to Kimberly Crenshaw, Crenshaw, the one who coined it. It wasn't produced in in the schools K through 12. It was in higher ed. So what curriculum are we talking about? We are talking about inserting black history into the schools and, and white dominant thought does not want that. Good afternoon, Mother Odessa. Good to see you, my friend in Christ. Glad you could join us. And then Tanisha says, and lack of transparency is a learned behavior too. Woo, breaking cycles day by day. We must break those cycles of silence because silence kills us. Um, our silence will not protect us, as Audre Lord says. We must speak out and speak up on this healing journey so that somebody else can be enlightened and raise their consciousness and be given the courage to question, to speak, to tell, share their feelings, to cry. Um, Proverbs LaVon Briggs posted on Instagram the other day. I don't know the entire quote, but she was talking about let's let's normalize, normalize crying in public. Sometimes we just got to let it out. Sometimes, you know, we hold it in and then all of that festers. And that's when those layers of trauma begin to just compound and pile on one on top of the other. If we're not dealing with the root, if we're only dealing with the symptom, then guess what? That one symptom may go away, but the root cause of the problem is not going to go anywhere because you got to go to the root in order to deal with the symptom. If I have a cold, I have to deal with the cold, not just the cough or the sneezy or the itchy eyes or whatever. I can address those individually, but that cold is not going to go away. Reverend Christina says they don't want the truth to come out and change their child's thought processes process when it comes to us and the real history. Absolutely. There's a lot of guilt guilt. There's a lot of shame that comes along with that. And, and it's killing us. It's killing us mind, body, and soul. Because if you don't teach the truth and you're teaching lies, it's those lies that then affect us um, adversely. It's those lies which cause people to think or perceive that my skin color is a threat. It's those lies that says that I am not 
um, fully human. It's those lies that says that I, my, I'm not brilliant or I'm not divine or I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. And I'm here to tell you that we are here to combat those things and to find our place in community so that each of us could play a certain role. I got a, um, inbox on Instagram the other day from a very dear friend of mine, um, Harlem strong, um, and she was asking about a friend that was just diagnosed with some form of cancer and what can she do? But as a, as a sister pastor, she listed most of the things that she could do. Can she send a meal? Can she go with her to treatment? Can she sit with her? Um, ask her, you know, what she needs. Can, can she run some errands for her? And I responded all of the above, any of the above. Um, those are things that, that we do for, for cancer survivors and those who are in the throes because not everybody can sit and do a Tuesdays with Tawana. Not everybody can sit up. Not everybody can go in and feed themselves. Not everybody can eat the same foods that they used to because chemotherapy changes your, your taste buds. I couldn't even eat with silver, um, uh, so with silverware, I had to use plasticware because of the, the metallic or whatever in the chemotherapy really enhanced the taste of the metal in, in, in the utensils. And, and if you don't talk about that, then how are people supposed to know how to help you by even buying you plasticware or buying you foods that you may not be able to eat, but you have this favorite food that you could still eat. It may not be the best for you. It might be that Pepsi that we're not supposed to drink. But in that moment to give that person who is in the process of healing some hope in the midst of this despair, give them some hope in the midst of losing so much and having to change their lifestyle. You build relationships and then out of relationships come trust because without trust, there is no relationship. And so if you trust each other, then when we go into the doctor's office and I bring my peoples with me, my peoples are there to ask those questions that I may not be able to ask or I don't have the language to ask. So when I talk about no one should heal alone, it means that my crew knows just as much as I have. My crew knows that I had a bilateral mastectomy. My crew knows, you know, when I lost a tremendous amount of weight, my crew knew when I couldn't do my own laundry and couldn't and bathe myself and that my children had to bathe me. So not everybody's healing journey is the same. And some outwardly, I look, you know, like I'm, I'm healthy and I'm fine. And I speak that and I live that and I try to, 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 to live that out every day, but it doesn't go without, um, noticing the, um, limitations on my left side. Like I can't lift weights. I can't lift with my left arm. I still have muscle spasms because of res the results of radiation. When I lean or lie a certain way, um, it causes pain on my left side, but those are things that aren't seen. Or there are times when fatigue gets the best of me. And when I walk to a, a long distance or whatever, I kind of got to catch my breath. But those are things that you won't know unless I share those things. And then in community, you can support and hold my arms up. You can come with me to the supermarket. You can come with me to the doctor's office. We could leave a little early so we could take our time so fatigue won't set in. So that communication and that relationship building and trust building is what we need to build community in order not to rely on the status quo.
that really doesn't want to give us access to begin with, that really doesn't divine medical programs that are made for us to begin with, that are really not looking at our best interests at heart and only looking at a white way of, of doing this. Yes, yes, we can be the Aaron and her that had to hold Moses's arms up. That's right. You can be my, my Esther or my Ruth or my Naomi or my Deborah, you know, and holding my arms up. Hey, Lorma, good to see you, my beloved sister. Yes. Hold me up. Hold each other up when we get tired because some Fanny Lou, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, <laughs> sick and tired of being sick and tired. So again, my, my mantra and my approach to daily life and healing is just that focusing, focusing on the healing and then focusing on those people and partnering with those people that go out to the legislature to make laws or go out and to speak up at, you know, your, your local congressperson or calling your Congress people and telling them to pass laws that are going to speak life into us and not take life away from us and to, 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 to look at us as a priority because there's no mistake that we are the highest in all of these different, um, dis different abilities or, um, all of these, uh, heinous acts against us. It's no accident. So it's going to take some intentional love and intentional healing to dismantle all of those negative narratives that weren't meant for us to begin with and insert this, 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 this language of love and this language of healing and this language of perseverance and this language of power and strength and resilience. It's going to take all of that and everyone has their part to play. <laughs> Kaden graduated today. Yay, my beautiful nephew. Um, so I'm going to catch the rest on replay. I love you too, Tony. Tell Kaden congratulations. Um, so with that, um, I just want to encourage you to, to be aware and to pay attention to your circle. Be aware and pay attention to those who are around you because you never know what they might need. Just a smile, uh, a ministry of presence, um, starting a meal train, whatever it is, paying attention and not inserting our, our own needs on that person, but getting to know someone, being really curious about that person. What is it that you need to survive? What it is that you need to to thrive? How can I show you love in, in a revolutionary way, a way that you haven't may, may not have received love before? How can we build that trust? So you trust me and community now to share your story and to share the ills of your story, not only with cancer, but also with, um, domestic violence or also with, um, other debilitating diseases. How do we speak up and we have the language we do that in community because community teaches us this is how we what's in our DNA this is how our communities and our tribes and our villages supported each other you know we 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 came together we had a griot we honored the griots we honored the ancestors that came before us so let's continue to do that and take back from take from reach back to take what they have taught us, learn it, and then move forward so that we can help somebody else again, lifting as we climb. 
So my prayer is that no one heals alone. This is one of the major reasons and how I started this broadcast was really sharing my arduous breast cancer journey and the, the process of healing. It just doesn't stop. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And I thank my community for loving me. Yes, Sankofa, Angela. I thank my community for loving me. I thank my community for praying for me. I thank my community for hitting me up and asking me, do I need anything? When I had my tooth pulled, I had people hitting me up do I need anything and I that just warmed my heart because people really do care and we can really build this village beloveds we can really build this community and come together and dismantle the status quo while white people are dismantling we're dismantling things that harm us and hurt us and rebuilding those things that give us life so that we have access to life and life more abundantly. We have access to this unspeakable joy. We have access to all of the things that have been denied us all of this time. So it's really time for us to step up and step out so that no one heals alone. I love y'all dearly and I'm so grateful to be on this broadcast with you. Um, this broadcast means a lot to me. I pray. I that my my words come forth to to edify you to honor you i see you i love you i i honor your presence um your divine beautiful presence i am so grateful for those who catch the replay either on facebook or through a podcast i am so so grateful that you tune in with reverend t on every week so i am preparing finishing up preparing for a presentation that I have tonight, um, Pathways of Healing from Racialized Trauma, a Model of Self-Care for Early Childhood Educators. If you, you know, and it's, it's, it, we all have something to learn. So it's, it's really for focusing on educators and those early childhood providers. Um, but it's for everyone because we are talking about healing from racialized trauma and how we can exhibit self-care that isn't so capitalistic and white rooted in whiteness that really doesn't love us and focus on us. So on my page, please register um, and support me tonight and let's learn together and grow together and share together. I love all of you dearly. Thank you for rocking with me. I truly appreciate it. And let's come together as community for no one. No one should heal alone. Much love to you all. And I hope to see you on next Tuesday. Oh, one other thing. I do have another. I'm moderating a panel tomorrow on domestic violence at two o'clock Eastern time. So that's on, that'll be on my page later, but today's um, presentation with the early childhood educators and providers is at 8.30 Eastern time, 5.30 Pacific, 6.30 Mountain, 7.30 Central. Yeah, all the time zones, given all the time zones. So tomorrow I do have, I'm moderating a panel on domestic violence because domestic violence doesn't just happen in October. Uh, domestic violence awareness should happen all year round because we are saving lives every single day. So I love y'all dearly and I hope to talk with you on next Tuesday. Share this video. Love you. Later. I'm out.